0: Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me on the From Nowhere to Somewhere podcast. My name is Luke Staten. The reason behind this creation is to share words of wisdom, hope, and optimism through conversation that can show us just what's possible in life. I've been truly inspired by the words I have not only listened to, but deeply heard from the people I've shared conversations with. I hope you enjoy hearing how everyday people overcome trials and tribulations and when faced with adversity, find a way to use this to their advantage. common theme throughout, from all the different guests on the series, from wherever they are from, whatever beginning, whatever background, is they all have a desire for more from life. They all want to live a life of fulfillment. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I do creating. Thank you for joining me reason that I wanted you on the program um, and to be on my podcast is because when I was listening to you it was really clear to me that there's a real deeper meaning and a purpose behind why you do what you do. So first of all I was really fascinated behind what you do but then I could sense that there was a real reason behind why you do it. I'm not sure what that is yet and, and that's what's fascinating about this evening that I'm sure through some of the conversations that we'll have we'll start to hear more about the person behind the eyes that we look into and what took you on this path to run such a phenomenal organisation, which you do. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I read something that um, I don't know where it was on one of your profiles that you've helped generate nearly 70 million pounds worth of revenue in the economy in Lancashire. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, that's one of the uh, the contracts that we work on, Boost Business Lancashire. So uh, yeah, yeah, incredible impact that we make on Lancashire's businesses.
0: So that is a great place to start because £70 million generation in Lancashire is a phenomenal amount of money in quite a small area, really. How have you done that then? So tell us a little bit about how has that happened So one of the contracts that
1: we work on, Boost Business Lancashire, is effectively Lancashire's growth hub. So in most counties, you'll have a growth hub that you can access. Um, Some businesses will will know about that, others are so busy with their head down doing everything they've got to do every day, aren't always aware of the the huge support that's on offer to them. So one of the things that we have at at Boost, and I'm, I'm not sure where everybody is around the country tonight, but Lancashire is a fantastic place to have a business. There is so much support available to you. So Boost effectively is made up of various partners that helps entrepreneurs from startup. So I've got an idea in my mind. I'm not sure how to execute it right up to scale up on businesses. And we do everything in between from a mentoring point. So what we do is we look at businesses when we work with them at the beginning and we capture that baseline information. Where are you? Um, Where do you want to go? What's your aspirations? What's your barriers? How can we help you? And and the part that we play in that is, um, is matching them with a, a mentor, a business mentor, a very experienced business mentor um, who can help them achieve the aspirations that they have. And then we monitor them at a, a period later on. And that's how we, we measure that impact and, um, and, and see the, the true growth and um, ability that, that people really have with their businesses.
0: And, and as you'll know, uh, JD, I'm a big believer in people, you know, getting support from other people. It doesn't have to be an official relationship in terms of coaching or mentoring. Uh, It can be. However, it can also be a friend that listens and supports. And the power of a mentor for me is just so crucial in all walks of life, because there's somebody that's maybe been there and done it and walked in the shoes that you want to walk in. So why wouldn't you listen and learn? What What's some of the kind of benefits that you've seen from these business people that have got their own businesses that have then kind of got a mentor on board how have you really seen that have you got any examples of businesses that got a mentor on board and then all of a sudden things have started to click in place
1: yeah i think there's there's a couple of reasons that people would normally access a mentor with us and sometimes clients know exactly what they want they they recognize they have a skills gap and you know, one of the great things is you know that you should you should surround yourself with people better than you. You know that's that's a good thing and a good attitude to have in business. And um, so so recognizing there's a skills gap and bringing a mentor on board with that that specific um, skill is is really really important. So sometimes clients come to us and say, you know, I want a digital strategy, I want a marketing strategy, I want to know how to lead my team better. But the other reason is because they just sometimes want someone to talk to. They cannot see the wood for the trees anymore. Um, they're all cliche but they're working in the business and they're not working on the business it can be very lonely in business whether it's just yourself or whether you've got a hundred staff because sometimes the same things are keeping you awake every night and you can't always talk to your management team about it um so we have i mean you know we've got some fantastic examples of businesses where i could tell you about their growth you know they've gone from you know one to a multi-million pound business they've gone from you know two staff to to 25 staff in a very short period of time but if I'm honest, the clients that really stick out for me are the ones that um, we've made a difference to them personally. So we had one company that's a, a cheesecake manufacturer and they started in the kitchen. I love these stories. Husband and wife, you know, used to make cakes. Friends came around, suddenly started friend's party, granddaughter, um, and they turned it into a business. And, and they were in Selfridges not so long after, which is an incredible place to, to, to get your cakes in there. But they were working, and I'm not joking, 21 hours a day. The guy was getting up at four o'clock in the morning to load the van. He was doing the deliveries himself. He was making food all day long. And this husband and wife had set out to do this themselves, to earn more money and to have more time together. And neither was happening. And the mentor that we actually put in place was around looking at their processes and their team development and allowing them to let go a little bit and... Yes, it absolutely um, increased their revenue and, and their turnover. And I can, I can give you those figures. But what it allowed them to do is have a holiday for the first time to get up a little bit later and be then more clever with their business than the other things. And, and they're the things that are really important when it gets to this stuff. Uh,
0: so that, that was kind of a, a mentor for the business. But, yeah, it become like a life coach at the same time, it sounds like, that helped them facilitate a better lifestyle, too.
1: It was very simple things. It was the way they were um, packaging. Um, you know, this guy was a, was an expert at processes and he changed some of the processes that saved hours and hours a week. It was to, to let go and not do the, you know, not load the van up themselves, get someone else to load up and understanding why that was. And and, and suddenly, you know, the guy had, had time back. He was more profitable. And of course, like I say, that that increases the bottom line, which is of course what we're here for. But personally you know, his, his business was doing what it, what it should have done at the beginning.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about the mentors themselves then. How do you select them and what kind of um, background have they had?
1: So we have kind of uh, two camps of mentors, really. Um, we started out 35 years ago with um, mentors that were retired. So they'd been there and done it, they had really successful businesses. They'd grown them, they'd sold them, they were living half the year, the year abroad. But they have that entrepreneurial mindset and they get as much out of it as the clients do and they wanted to give back over the years because of the digital and tech shift um we have a lot more mentors now that might have their own successful digital agencies in their own right or they may be a consultant in their own right but these businesses can access these mentors a lot of the time funded through the projects that we deliver at no cost to them at all um and So we have the skill sets we have like I said before you know they've they've got the digital expertise they've got leadership they've got finance they've got strategy but uh, the biggest thing for us is matching on personality so we need to tick certain boxes to make sure it meets the requirements of the clients but a relationship isn't going to work if there's not respect between the two of you and if you can't get that rapport straight away you know we all admire Richard Branson, but actually some might not. Some might not want to sit in his company. And um, so that matching and that personality is really, really important to us. So we, we look at all aspects there um, and make sure that that connection is going to be one of the best connections, that, you know, and the decisions they're going to make in their business for a long time.
0: And how do you do that? How do you match personalities?
1: So my background, my, my, my background is recruitment, actually. So I did recruitment for, for 12 years. I spent eight years in your typical agency setting and then I spent four years internally. So for me, it's quite natural. All my life, I've gone into a business and I have understood their needs and requirements and I've matched a candidate to it. This time, I'm just matching a mentor. Um, but what we work very much on is, is understanding we've got hundreds of mentors, but meeting our mentors, having regular connections with our mentors, finding out what makes them tick Actually, does a startup business and getting them off the ground satisfy you? Or do you like the two million pound company that wants to get to 10 million pound? What personality are you? Because we can all say we don't mind criticism, but actually sometimes we do. And there's a way to deliver that. So some people need that, you know, really black and white. This is how it is. This is what it is. Otherwise, sometimes you need to add a bit of fluff around it. So um, we have our own little... um, descriptions for our mentors so we've got like our sergeant majors and we've got like our, you know people that we know would work well with us than some that won't but we have um, something that we call a no fault default divorce clause so you know if we're matching it's not right we'll change them no questions asked
0: yeah brilliant I like that so uh, <laughs> be interesting when I get to do the talk to the the guys that we talk about it see if I can point out who the sergeant majors are and all the other or the other categories that they're in. And you mentioned something earlier about lots of these people that may or may not be retired, um, but they, or they've got this entrepreneurial mindset. What, explain what you mean by the entrepreneurial mindset. What does that look like to you, and how do you know that somebody's got that?
1: I think for us, it's, um, it's what they do day in, day out. They live and breathe business. Um, and just to make a point here some of our mentors actually have had failed businesses and that's a great place to be as a mentor because they can help our clients avoid some of the risks that someone is about to take so not all of them have just amazingly grown these businesses and are really successful they've had hardship along the way um, but for me entrepreneurship is that passion it's that tenacity to keep going it's that you know most used word in COVID, being able to pivot and change things, being able to carry on when it's going slightly um, off track a little bit. And, um, you know, these guys, these entrepreneurs, men and women, when they retire, when they've got to where they think they want to be, you know, they've took it to a certain million pound and they've sold it and they've got, you know, £10 million in the bank. Actually, that's not always what satisfies them, helping others – And seeing someone else achieve what they've done is what is important to them.
0: And do you think it's something that you just learn as you're growing up? Or do you think people are born with that kind of mindset of less risk, more let's go after things? Where do you think it starts and where do you think that entrepreneurial way of thinking comes from?
1: I always ask clients, why did they start? What did they do? And I, and I think you've got a lot of people that have grown up with an entrepreneurship family. They've had businesses, um, but I, I was the opposite. I, I grew up with a, within a family business and I saw my family business lose absolutely everything. And I always said two things, I'll never work in a kitchen and I'll never set up my own business. Um, so it can also have the opposite effect on people. But my why is because I get to help every other business make sure they don't they don't fail, which I'm sure will come on to. Um, but I think sometimes a lot of um, clients we have have got to the point where it's like now or never. So if you look at COVID, a lot of people have been made redundant and, you know, th- you may always have felt that in business you wanted to set up or that you were going to do it. But sometimes you've just got to take that leap of faith. And sometimes the, the decision is taken out of your hand and redundancies or something else is like, right, let's do it. Let's do it now because this is, this is, it's in front of us. Let's go. Um, so I think sometimes it is inbred in you. Sometimes, sometimes the decision is, is not forced upon you, but um, is, is put in front of you to make that choice.
0: And can you tell when you're having a conversation with, somebody whether it's just you've met someone at a networking event can you do you can you look at somebody and go do you know what they're quite they're really entrepreneurial with the way that they express themselves or the way that they converse in conversation at what point do you know that you're talking to an entrepreneur
1: i think for me sometimes i i think i can because sometimes i just listen to people and and clients and sometimes the businesses aren't even um their background, if that makes sense. They've gone and set up in something completely different and they just get it. They, they, they I don't know how to describe it, but they just get it, they're really intelligent and they've got real knowledge and it doesn't matter if they don't know everything, but they'll find out and they'll surround themselves with other people that are gonna tell them. And they're just, I don't know, they've just got this fire that I think you can see. But then, you know, I see others that, um, that might not come naturally to them, but they're seeking it out and they are then trying to surround themselves with people that at least can can mentor them, coach them, train them, whatever that might be. Um, but I definitely sit in front of some people and just think, wow, you were born to do this. You were, you were born with that attitude somehow. Yeah.
0: And so you just get a feeling when you're talking to them of the way that they may be passionate about a certain cause or something that's kind of different to when you hear someone talking about a job that they don't like. They're talking about something that they're really engaged with and excited about, but they've also got the ability to find a, a commercial element to it as well.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I suppose an entrepreneur is always seeking new opportunities, aren't they? And they, you know, they, they don't say no, they say yes and then find out how to do it later, you know, famous quote. And um, it's inspiring for me, I think, to to see people that just have that I'm going to make this happen, whatever. And actually, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm going to go for it anyway. And um, failure can stop a lot of people. The fear can stop a lot of people doing and following their dreams. And I think that's one thing entrepreneurs have. It doesn't matter. In fact, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fail. It doesn't cross their mind.
0: Yeah, it's like they, they don't see that. And sometimes, sometimes that is a great mentality. And sometimes you maybe just need to see that actually what could go wrong here and I'm aware of it and I've got things in place. So that doesn't come and get me. You know, I come into that category of failed businesses myself and I speak very openly and honestly about it. I didn't understand numbers properly. I didn't know VAT properly. I didn't know tax properly. I I didn't know. I didn't know projections. I didn't know forecasting. I I knew nothing. I knew I didn't know how to use a spreadsheet I knew how to do what I do with passion and, and the amount of draw that I had for customers was phenomenal, but then I had no idea of how to make sure my fixed cost was at a level that we could cope with and I was expanding before we was big enough and all of that stuff because I was going off desire and energy and passion, but I had no foundations financially to make my decisions off. It was just like, I think we can do it, let's do it and I, and I never saw the danger. And possibly that was my biggest mistake because I didn't see danger. I went after things, expand, expand, expand. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. And I'm like, actually, we shouldn't be doing more yet because we've not got the basics right. Where the benefit of a mentor like you're talking about will be going, that's great creation and great entrepreneurship. That's an amazing thing. However, with four people, you're not earning enough money. So how could you do it with eight? And then just challenging the way that you think. Because you're right, it's a lonely place, and you make decisions of what you feel and think. Very rarely, you get anybody to talk to because they work within it. So you don't want to scare them by saying, "Do you think it can work?" Because if they don't, if you don't believe it can work, they won't. Mm-hmm. So I can totally realise the benefit of having um, a mentor, and I actually did have a, a business mentor at one point. It, unfortunately, I don't. I'm not so sure he was strong enough for me because. I wouldn't do the work necessarily that he asked me to do and he, and he would be okay with that. And I needed someone to go, I've asked you to do this. You've not done it where I'll be like, I haven't done it. I'll do it for next week. He's like, yeah, that's fine. And I needed that somebody to be on me because I'm still thinking three, five years in advance instead of thinking what's happening this week, this month. So you're right. When you say you're finding the right person, And he actually, the business mentor said at the end of our contract together, I said to him i'm not going to continue working with you and i said i'm not so sure it's worked so well and he said i needed to be tougher on you he said it was my error um so i think it's great that you match people up with personality type so when you talked there jd you talked about the fear of failure and not letting that get in your way and then you prior to that you talked about your family business not succeeding now has that had an impact on you? Has that stopped you from doing the things that you wanted to do? Or are you doing what you want to do now? Or is, are you doing what you do now because you didn't do what you wanted to because of your experiences?
1: It's a, it's a funny way of looking at that because you're absolutely right. I kind of contradict myself, don't I, in some way? Because I say that I, I grew up in that and that definitely... I'm not sure consciously... Um, it, and my set, I'm going to say held me back but it didn't hold me back because I absolutely love what I do but I think that I, I see the real warts and all of businesses all day every day and you know we look at businesses that are multi-million pound businesses look like they're doing amazing and actually the directors haven't paid themselves for months and they haven't seen the families for week, uh, weekends and they're getting grief at home from the husband or the wife because of lots of other things and there's a there's a lot going on um but don't get me wrong. The next place I can go to and think, oh my God, you know, this is this is this is all these different things. But for me, um, it just hasn't it, it hasn't been instilled in me to do it myself. But I always wanted to get myself to board level and director role. I wasn't going to be happy not doing that. So if I hadn't founded my own company, I'd be at board level, and that's that. That was always my my career plan. But and I'm not sure I set out knowing what my why was my my background was recruitment I was going to be um and like I said I did 12 years in recruitment then I moved internally I uh, got poached to go internally and my attitude very much was well if I'm going to recruit all this staff internally I'm going to look after them so um so I became HR manager there and I was going to be HR director that's what I was going to do and this opportunity fell uh, in, in front of me and I took a big risk in this job that I've got now uh, for, for a number of reasons and I realised very quickly that I, I was just meant to be here. Um, if, if I can start one business failing and losing everything because of having support from someone else that could mitigate that risk slightly or accelerate them a little bit quicker than they would would themselves, I can sleep at night. I'm happy. Like I'm just really happy with that. Um, and I said this to you didn't know when we uh, when we had our first chat you know i always say to our team you know we're mad we're making a difference every single day and it's busy and it's pressurized and it's tough but every day we're, we're, we're massively massively making a difference and maybe my my path was to ensure other businesses don't go through what my family business went through you know an ex employer that i worked for you know that company there i said we recruited them all i said If we're recruiting them, I'm looking after them. I became HR manager. We took it from 40 staff to 150. I had to let all those 150 staff go when the finance director was embezzling. Now I say that because round the corner was the company I now work for that delivered mentoring and coaching. And I never knew it existed. I didn't even know this existed 10 years ago. And would it have changed everything if I'd have had a mentoring for that CEO? I don't know. But it could have done. It could have done.
0: Yeah. And when you think back, and, and, and I'm not one that lives in the past in terms of regrets, and hi- I think hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? And just but it's kind of quite pointless. Um, I, I look back to learn and think, what could I have done better and what do I do next time? I don't look back to feel bad. And, and often, JD, when I went through my business bankruptcy, people wanted to keep me in it. So when I started then build myself up again, people wanted to keep reminding me of what didn't go well last time and are you sure because last time you lost everything and, and last time you had debt collectors and last time you had this and I'm like that was last time and people often said to me you don't seem too bothered about what happened before and I said why is that, is that because I'm not sat in a chair drinking cans of beer all night feeling sorry for myself, there's, there's a difference in, from feeling sorry for myself and doing something about it now, I can't change what happened I'm certainly not going to sit there feeling sorry for myself. What I'm going to do is make up for it by being better next time and moving forward. So when I think about your past and what you went through, and I know what it felt like being the person that I was to blame because it was me, it was my company. You know, you can look at external reasons, but I was the man that made the decision. So it was all on me and everything's falling away by me. So I know what it must have been like as a child growing up in that environment because I know what my children went through as much as I tried to protect them. They can't help but hear the knock on the door or they can't not see dad moving out or they can't not see all of these issues about money going off at home. They see it and they hear it. Now, what impact do you think if that hadn't have happened to your family? So imagine that your family businesses didn't exist, you know, and you was around kind of entrepreneurship through friends. Do you think you would have gone into your own business because, you seem really driven and passionate to get to levels. Like you're like, I wanted to get to director. I want to get to board level. Do you think the family business not working has stopped you going for it yourself? Or do you think if they hadn't have had the business, do you think you would have started something yourself? I know it's a real hypothetical question, Mm -hmm. but I'm really fascinated by what happens early on. How does that shape what we do tomorrow as what happened yesterday? Because there's lots of people on here Lots of people listening that I know that will have been scarred in the past, whether it's a friendship, a relationship or a business, and you have a boyfriend or girlfriend when you're young and something goes wrong and I'm never having a boyfriend or a girlfriend again, and then that dies down and then you meet somebody else and it becomes better and stronger and you learn from the past. Yeah. Some people never meet somebody again because they've been scarred that bad. So remove the failing business from when you was younger. What difference do you think that would have made to you?
1: Mm, I think I suppose you know if I'm being honest I think that it, it, it does cross my mind and I think that it definitely could could be a reason that that I haven't kind of done that myself really and like I said it wasn't it wasn't even just my my family business you know I worked for that company that that I mean he was a multi-million pound typical entrepreneur you know new ideas all the time, plowing money into this, plowing money into that, and he lost complete control of what was going on underneath. Um, and so I've, I've, I've just seen that, that real hardship. And, you know, it's bizarre, isn't it, because I've got a full team that could support me and, and go and do lots of things, but I think it is there. And and just to add on, like, just exactly what you did, Luke, with that tenacity, you know, yes, it, it happened to you, but it, you didn't, it didn't let you stop it. My, my, my dad, who isn't, unfortunately not here now, but... He, we grew up in, in hospitality and we lived in a beautiful village, a beautiful house, a beautiful hotel, um, you know, a, a luxury lifestyle, if you will. And when he lost everything, um, we moved to a flat above a shop in, in, in a local town. I remember as a kid, we couldn't get the sofa up and we lived on bean bags. And that was brilliant fun for me at the time. And But he set up doing soft furnishings. So he went from hotels to soft furnishings and it wasn't long and he had a factory and a shop and we went down London every weekend doing markets and we did wholesale. And so it didn't stop him either, which is, it fascinates me sometimes because I think we didn't lose everything. And then we didn't get quite back to that level but we still had a roof over our head and and some people aren't even looking to to, to have that. He, He kept on going, but I think there is. I think there's definitely something something in
0: that. I can't and what would you. it be? And what would it be, James? So I, I like these questions because I'm a dreamer and I'm a creator. I like to always think, well, imagine now if I said to you, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would it be? Oh,
1: Luke, I, what business would it be?
0: What it can be like, if you knew, so take away the fear of failure, like you know, like the entrepreneur knows, I'm going to do this, and I know it will work, because I believe in it that much, what would you create tomorrow, that you've maybe not created, so far in your life, because of that fear, maybe lingering slightly, and although you're super happy, in what you do, take that away, what would you do tomorrow, what would you set up? what would you create, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would it be?
1: Oh gosh, 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 wow, that is a, a big question, Um
0: this is a place of big questions jd i like it is
1: it is it is (laughs) Um, uh, i don't know i think on a this this isn't life-changing stuff or inspiring stuff or anything but i um i would absolutely love to 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 do more within kind of like say the property market for example and even that you know I've, i've i've sort of looked into various stuff like that and that's just goal setting that and, and you know, that'll happen and things like that. But even even that is kind of like, oh, you've got to go a little bit. Uh, you've got to kind of build build something there. We um, oh, I don't I don't I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, but I know that me helping others is what is what, what is truly passionate for me. And it's 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 got to be in that kind of commercial, that business world. Really, I mean, you know, where I work, we do community projects, we do business projects. Uh, across the two teams um we do incredibly well but business is what ticks me over every single day
0: um yeah
1: oh I'm going to think about that question all night long
0: (laughs) I know and that's why I love questions and I love it and 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 I'm loving having this conversation because I'm actually thinking what more would I do if I knew I couldn't fail what more would it be and people listening to this will be probably asking themselves the same uh, they knew what they was going to create tomorrow wouldn't fail what more would they do but do we allow the fear of failure to stop us getting started in the first place and I had this conversation with someone JD and asked the same question what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail and the individual said I've got no idea and I said I wonder why you've got no idea and they said because I've never thought about it because I've been riddled with the fear of failure for so long So they've never even allowed themselves to think about what they would do, because as soon as they start to think, that feeling comes of what if it didn't work and boom, it's over before they get started. So they've never allowed their mind to go to that next level. And I like to try and have them questions and them, and them, them conversations because it is impossible for you to leave this call tonight. It's impossible for anybody listening to this to not ask themselves the question of, if I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do tomorrow that I haven't done today. And once you ask them questions, I love the quote that says, um, once your mind's extended to something greater, it never returns to its normal size. Now your mind is gonna be like, I wonder what it would be, what would I do? What would it be? And, and it's crazy how that plays on your mind, but that it excites me because when my business went bankrupt, it was like straight away I was thinking, okay, what can I do next then? And I never dreamed of getting a job for somebody else. And not that there's anything wrong with that at all, but I just didn't ever believe that I could work for somebody else because I'm like, I just want to be out there and I want to be doing this and I want to be doing that. And they're not going to want me, you know, and I actually got offered jobs, which I thought was crazy. I used to think, what did he want me to do? I've got no qualifications and no skills and they're offering me jobs. And I used to think, what do you want to do? And they just said, just have you around. I was like, I was like what? And do what though? And, and this is so, once JD, I got paid by um, EDF Energy that you've heard, big worldwide company. EDF Energy paid me for six months. And some of, the, some of them guys will be listening to this because I know they follow the work that I do. This is about 10, 12 years ago. They paid me for six months for a day a week to just go into their business and just be there and to just walk around their operations department and just talk to people. And I thought, gosh, they must be crazy. They're paying someone just to talk to people. But then I realized that when I left, the atmosphere was better than when I entered. So then I thought, well, what am I doing? I'm just being nice and chatting, that was it. But then once I learned more about how energy can infect other people, I started to realize that the best thing they probably did was chuck me in a room with 40 people that was unhappy, and leave me there for a day a week and then all of a sudden I go out and these guys are like wow we've had a bit of fun. today was good we don't know why it was good so I like them questions because it does stretch our thinking doesn't it
1: it, it absolutely doesn't I think that's a really good point you've just said actually sometimes we don't allow ourselves to think about it and I think the other um big part is, is which a lot of people suffer from is imposter syndrome you know it's 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 there, and I see this again a lot with businesses. Again, you, you look on the outside and you think, "What?" Well, we went to um, a business uh, yesterday, three million pound turnover business, and they they package food for all the major supermarkets. Three board directors, no idea how to put a business plan together properly. Now, there's no way you'd look on that on the outside and think they don't have, and I'm, you know, they don't have a business plan. But not only do they not have a business plan, they don't know how to put a business plan together. they're very good is at packaging and getting sales and getting into retail and 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 growing but actually gotta start putting that 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 pan in place so imposter syndrome sometimes we look don't we like we we know everything and you know it's okay to say i actually don't know that
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it it often makes you look more normal and real too doesn't it that you go i've got i've got no idea no no idea if you was your, if you was your mentor, JD. So you was your own mentor or your own coach. What advice would you give yourself today for a better tomorrow? What would it be?
1: Um, trust yourself and believe in yourself. And um, COVID is a is a very good example of that. As um, I, I, I said to you, that I obviously wanted to to work at board and director level. My directorship promotion came. Um, on the 1st of April 2020 uh, after one of the core directors left our organisation in 15 years and the uh, CEO said we well, wanted a challenge, here you go here's Covid, I was like wow um, and I like being thrown in the deep end actually I really thrive off that because you've, you've no choice you've just got to go but you look back now which hopefully everyone on here will as well and a lot of other people and go I dealt with that and we kept going. And actually, we grew. We, we, we did our best year, sorry, our second best year in 35 years of trading in the last 12 months. Uh, we've recruited staff. We've done absolutely everything. And just believe in yourself and keep going. Keep going.
0: And do you find, is that an area for you that you constantly work on because you picked the words believe in yourself? Is that an area that you think straight away you would highlight that in yourself as something to, to believe in your abilities more?
1: Yeah, I think I I, I do, and um, I I'm very confident in regards to kind of um, the services we deliver and all those different things, and, uh, and my experience, you know, with, with the mentoring, with the clients, with my knowledge of that, really, really confident in all those areas. Um, but I think specifically around that time, I'd had a linchpin of the organisation who'd been there for fifteen years vacate in the worst period ever, and it was all down to me and. And, and I, it wasn't all down to me. I, you know, there's a, there's a chief exec there as well and an amazing team who, uh, you know, couldn't have done everything without them. Um, but I was always, always used to sense check anything with her because we worked like that together. And suddenly she was gone. And that's where, I mean, I had to trust my own decisions and I had to had to believe in them and getting through that and then looking back and going, yeah, we, we're still here, thank God.
0: And do do you think kind of that self-belief comes from actually doing something that you get good results from that then it grows and grows? Is that how you would say to develop the self-belief?
1: Yeah. And I think for me, um, I'm not a journal writer as such, but um, I will write little bullet points of things that I kind of I want to achieve or that I have done. Um, because I think that we forget sometimes how far we have come um, and, and what we've achieved. And it could be really simple things. It could be a, a basic task that you need to do that month. But when you look back on those, I do it month by month. Um, and you, you look back and then that kind of um, satisfaction inside you go, yeah, I've done that. I, I forgot I'd done that. But actually, I remember how I felt at the time when I maybe had to do it. And now I remember now I feel how now I have the feeling of how good that is. And it spurs you on to, to keep going. Does that make sense?
0: I, uh, it does make sense, yeah. I, it, it does. I, I, I always get asked that question of how do you develop more self-belief now? And, and my answer is always do more of what you want to do until you get really good at it. And then your confidence grows, your belief grows. And you know, yes, self-belief I, I think does come from other people recognizing what you do and doing it well the people that you trust to give you honest feedback as well so it can be externally through the mentors the coaches the people that you know are going to give you honest feedback i also think it comes from knowing that you're progressing as well and and doing something better each time that you do it grows that self-belief that you then are worthy and you don't get the imposter syndrome anymore i still get it now it's like i still get it but I enjoy it because it keeps me at the beginning and I always think to keep any relationship strong always behave like it's still the beginning so any opportunity I get to do anything a talk or whatever it is I still feel like it's the very start although I've got more skills now and I'm more confident I like to put myself back into that little kid walking into arena of what am I doing here because it just gets me on my toes and then I often use that as a way to Ground myself with the people I'm talking to you know show that vulnerability and then it just starts to come and it starts to happen how do you do that how do you walk into a room sometimes when you might be feeling blimey I'm in a room with such and such such and such and, and and you have that like little bit of something that comes in that maybe just takes you back but how do you start to get yourself into that zone of I'm JD and I'm here this um there's
1: there's a couple of things that kind of uh, stick out for me on that really um I think that um I'll never forget my kind of first presentation in front of a, a number of people uh, of a room full it was uh, solicitors had asked me to come along so it was pre- full of suits and professionals and I'd done talks before but there was hundreds of people in the room and I you know I remember how I was feeling before that and um you know as soon as I finished the, the amount of comments I got I after it you know that's always one point that, that sticks out for me because again i was like i can't wait to get on this stage again now i can't wait to do that but one of the going back to the beginning of my career and um, when i started in recruitment and um, I, I started as a as an apprentice um, in the accounts department i did a business admin um, apprentice and i was doing the payroll for all the temps and all the agency staff and um one of the consultants in the commercial division went on maternity leave and the sales director was like you're coming and covering this i was 18 years old and i was going into companies of finance directors and chief execs and i always remember thinking bloody hell it's the finance director it's the chief exec like what what am i doing i'm 18 this is my first job and i'd come out of that meeting. This and this sounds um i don't mean this to sound big-headed because it, it's going to but I always just turned that conversation around. I just used to come out and we'd had a great rapport and I'd got the business and, you know, and, and I could just converse with them. And I remember feeling that at a very young age and my, I felt like my age and my youth had put me back so much, but I knew once a minute I got talking, I'd be okay. And um, that, that's a big thing for me. But lastly, you just mentioned about vulnerability there. And one of the biggest things I think that really um, helped our team And me personally, when COVID hit, and obviously I was you know, suddenly with this new position as well and and had even more responsibility, I told my team I didn't know what we were going to do with COVID because, you know what, nobody did. Nobody had more experience than I did in that situation. And I wasn't going to pretend that I did. They needed to know that I didn't know what we were going to do, but I'd do absolutely everything I can in my power to make sure we'd be all right. And I just had to be honest with them. And I think that gained a lot of res- respect for, not for me, but for everything, how, how our company dealt with that situation. So sometimes you've just got to be honest and go, I, I don't know, but I'm going to bloody find out. I'm going to do everything I can to get us there.
0: And you find that your team then kind of mucked in a lot more because you were saying, I'm not sure.
1: A hundred percent. Our team were just incredible um you know we the, the contracts that we deliver are very very processy and very paperwork driven behind the scenes and things like that and we had gone from you know cutting down many forests in our office to trying to do everything remotely we're a CIC we're a not-for-profit organization and um, we, we we don't have kind of all these great technologies and processes and systems and we, we had to adapt and learn very very quickly and Every single person did absolutely everything they possibly could to, 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 to get us through, and um, without a doubt, without a doubt, they did yeah, yeah, we helped each other
0: and where do you think that you learned to have such great conversations and build rapport with people you said you got that you had that from such an early age where did you where do you think you saw that and learnt it I didn't,
1: do you know I think potentially you know, maybe being brought up in the hospitality industry. You know, from a young kid, I was running around the restaurant and I was running around the bars. And um, you know, it was uh, it was a lovely uh, hotel in, in a local village in um, in the River Valley. I remember being around affluent people and my, my parents' friends. We'd go away for weekends and we'd we'd do all those things. So I suppose I just always chatted. <laughs> you know, my brother, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't. Uh, he's not quiet. So. Maybe that, and then when um, I worked in the family business for a while before I sort of went on the apprentice scheme, when my dad changed business from hospitality to markets, we were on a market stall in London. You know, two firm pillows for five pound. That's what we you know, we sold and we chatted and um, we conversed with lots and lots of different people from lots of different communities, and um, I suppose that's possibly where I've always been in front of, of people. So that's, I suppose, comes natural to me, really. But but it does in a work scenario, you know. It's, it's funny, isn't it, because I take my glasses off or, uh, you know, I don't have my work outfit on. And, you know, years ago, I wouldn't have walked, to a, walked in a pub on my own on a Friday night and be like, hmm, I can't do that. But if it was a networking event, I'd be straight in there. So I think there's a persona as well, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I think we all have a
0: little bit of that that's really interesting so what you're saying is if tomorrow you had a meeting at nine o'clock a networking event you didn't know anybody you you get yourself ready you get your work uniform on and you rock up there and this is JD Davis in the house and off I go selling two pillars for a fiver I'm I'm in the mix now (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm, I'm here and then all of a sudden you've got 8 p.m you've got a social gathering of an event that you're going with a friend that you know, you don't know anybody that's going to be there, but you're now not J.D. Davis that runs this, you know, big company full of mentors. You're just J.D., J.D., the young girl that was growing up with a family, doing the best that she could, and now you walk in. Is that when you're saying that you feel slightly different then in that scenario?
1: Yeah, I'd probably be texting my friends first when are you going to arrive there yeah? Right, waiting in the car park for you. That's what i do. <laughs> um it's bizarre, really, isn't it? Um, that, that You kind of, like I said, you just have that kind of, I don't know, that, that armour that, like I said, my glasses are silly. It's, I don't wear my glasses out of work. I wear my glasses in work. Um, so everything's slightly different.
0: So do, do you think by putting the JD glasses on for like, you, you like Superman with your coat, you're putting the glasses on, you know, you're going to work with the glasses and that's how you feel like, and, and that's your aura, that's you. Do you think then applying that into the social world or to other environments, do you think that would enhance your opportunity in in areas? Or do you think it serves you well by having that kind of difference of how you are?
1: I like it. It doesn't put me back. I've got a very, you know, don't get me wrong, I've got a very busy social life and I'm I'm a very much work hard play hard kind of girl. You know, I put everything into my work and um, I, I'm lucky to have a lot of friends and a good social service and I, and I love going out so it certainly doesn't hold me back um, b- but I'm conscious of it sometimes and I, and I always I laugh a little bit to myself what are you doing? <laughs> what, brilliant where, where does this come
0: from? <laughs> it's. I find things like so interesting because I can relate to a lot of what you're saying because when I was younger um, when I was younger it was like When I was in circles, when I grew up as a young sportsman, when I grew up in the circles with sports people, I felt really confident and I felt like I'm in my my arena and I'm with people that know what I do and I think my confidence come from what I did, not who I was. And then all of a sudden, when I was removed from them circles now and I wasn't a sportsman anymore and I would walk it and I would go to something, I felt so, so like... I could always talk to people, but I didn't want to because I would dread them speaking to me because I didn't feel I had anything. I just had I just had no identity because yeah. before people would say, what do you do? And you say, I'm a footballer. Straight away, it was like you felt like you just had this, this kind of strength within you because of what you did. And then all of a sudden, someone would say, what do you do? And I say, I work on a building site and I carry bricks for minimum wage. It doesn't have the same impact. <laughs> it's like They're like, where do I go with that? They, they, they go, oh. Do you build houses or what do you build? It's like, and I can tell that this—it's they, just awkward for them. So I think I used to avoid it because I was uncomfortable with what I was doing with my life. But I also lacked confidence in me as a person. It's okay to just be Luke. Don't have to then add on and I do this. It doesn't matter, does it?
1: No, and as a kid, I hated my name because it was so unusual. And you know, I, I just wanted—I just wanted a normal name. Um it's not after Jack Daniels, before anybody asks. Okay, it's not Jack Daniels, even though I did grow people. Um, but um, it, but, um I, I love that name because that gives me a differentiation now. And uh, you know, it means I have to be—I uh, have to be extra good with with work and things like that because people remember me very quickly. But um, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's funny isn't it but you know i I say this like i'm I'm full of confidence working into a networking event i I networked heavily in lancashire and um you know i I worked hard at getting a kind of reputation for, for many many years but i've not done it for 18 months now really we've been locked down and you know the next time i turn up um curry club with chamber of commerce in a few weeks can't wait um i will absolutely stand at that door and those first nerves will come back to me like they did years ago and i'll be like Wow, got to start again. Um, Yeah, we haven't done it for a long time, so I suppose that happens in a lot. That will happen in a lot of settings, really.
0: So, if I was to speak to you in kind of a year's time, so we have another one of these calls in, say, twelve months' time, what's something that you'll have accomplished in the next twelve months, which is really important to you, something that you really want to do, that you'd be really proud to share with me? What would it be?
1: One of the biggest things I want to do where I am now is, is create um, a more of a sustainable, more sustainable commercial department. So we work heavily on contracts. So we work on two year, three year contracts, lottery funded projects, European funded projects, um, you name it, local government. And they are fantastic. But my, a lot of my teams are on constantly rolling contracts. And, you know, I, I look like I said, of the last 18 months and how, how fabulous they are. And, I want to create um, a better future for them in the sense of, of, of their employment and a new contract that we've got recently, which I won't go into too much detail, but it's working with entrepreneurs across the world. We effectively endorse their businesses for them to come to the UK on behalf of the home office and they set up their business, providing it's innovative and scalable. And there are other uh, commercial revenue streams and, and um Driven projects that I really want to do, so we're not reliable. We're not reliant on the funding anymore. So, just for not for profit doesn't mean that we don't want to grow. It just means we do something different with our surplus instead. So, um, I want to take us out of that mindset, and I and I need to shift the whole company in one way. That's what I want to do. I want to have security for my staff. I want to have longevity for them, and um, and I want to I want to drive the business forward in a, in a different direction.
0: Now, I want to take you a lot further forward now, JD. So imagine your 80-year-old version of yourself um, when we leave the call tonight in front of you. There's JD at 80. It's got a bit of coolest 80-year-old name ever known, (laughs) ever. So the 80-year-old JD is in front of you and she looks at you and she's allowed to give you a piece of advice today. So she's going to tell you, because bearing in mind she's in the last chapters of her book, So she's 18, she's looking back at you, JD, today, and she's going to give you some words of wisdom. What do you think something that she'd say to you? What what advice would she give you, do you think?
1: Oh. Don't be, you know, for me, don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to seek something new. the, the, the mentoring in the core of what we do sometimes takes businesses some time to really reach out. And in that time, we could have made a bigger difference earlier on and we could have mitigated a few risks. So you know what? If you want to ask someone the question, ask them the question because we are sometimes fearful of asking someone the question, like we're putting it on someone else, but actually they feel really privileged to be asked.
0: What would she say to you about your potential
1: But you can achieve anything you want. What else? It kind of feels like it's going back to believing, isn't it? Believing in yourself, believing in, your, in, in, in the team. And um, there shouldn't be any barriers. There shouldn't be anything stopping you. If you, if you. if you want to go and do it, make it happen.
0: And the last one, JD. So the last thing from your 18-year-old self, what would she say that she's most proud of you up to date for you as a person what's she most proud of you so far for
1: you know it sounds it sounds a bit fluffy but honestly for me it it is making a difference it is making an impact and a difference on it's not every business is run by a human being and it's those that we impact it's those that we make a difference on every day it's the reason i'm a a trustee for a, a local hospice as well and um you know, if I can just have a couple of people that said that person massively helped me, I'm happy with that.
0: Brilliant. I love that. And JD, just as we come to the close, before I open it up for the live audience to ask you any questions, I just want to say from me to you, thank you so much for this conversation. It's gone so fast. I've got so many things that I'd like to ask you, so many more things that I'd like to delve deeper into and talk about even more, especially about the fear of failure and the potential of what... We have when we know we can't fail and how far can we go? And I think it's a real wonderful thing that you're doing because I wish I'd have had somebody like you and your organisation when I was going through those dark moments when I didn't know what to do, how to do it or where to go. It's a very lonely place and a very challenging place and you do feel like you are all alone. You feel like that little kid again walking into school for the very first time. So I think what you're offering all of these businesses to create the £70 million worth of revenue back into your community, I just think it's an absolutely really inspirational story and how you have gone through such adversity and the trials and tribulations of which you faced as a child going through a business that went bankrupt and didn't work to then learning from that and then going do you know what if I can make sure and do all that I can to help other business people not go through the same thing I'm going to be fulfilling my potential and that's my purpose is to help other people be successful in what they do so thank you so much jd you've been wonderful and i can't wait for everybody to listen to this you've been brilliant thank you so much
1: thank you Lou. loved it
0: thank you so much for listening and being part of the from nowhere to somewhere podcast i'd be really honored grateful and super appreciate any shares and subscribes possible Please give this to any family, friends, and loved ones anywhere in the world that you feel could take value from what you've just heard too. Thank you so much for your support. I look forward to speaking to you real soon on the next episode. From me to you, have a wonderful day. Take care. All my love, energy, inspiration, Luke Staten.